0: is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630
1: Chad. does this turn up the radio by autograph? It is. Well that is classic rock. All right. Sign in, please. (laughs) Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. We uh, have football in this time slot on Friday. Elks at Rough Riders. Six o'clock countdown to kickoff. And the game will start at 7.30. Here's what's happening in the CFL uh, coming up. It's a doubleheader Friday. Toronto at Montreal. Toronto's 10-1. and 1. Edmonton at Saskatchewan. Saturday, two more games. Winnipeg at Hamilton. Ottawa at BC. So the Stampeders on the bye week. You know the Elks playoff hopes. They exist. They are still quite faint. But who knows, if they keep winning, putting pressure on other teams, uh, then maybe it's going to be a pretty fun next few weeks for the Green and Gold. Okay, 780-496-0063. It was great to have Mark Cordy on the program. Offensive lineman, the center for the Elks, who has a three-year contract extension, starts after this year, so through 2026. And uh, I I asked in the spirit of him playing the offensive line, as by the way, the Rangers close it out, a 10-0 win over the Blue Jays. My goodness. Uh, The least glamorous position in pro sports. So we had someone write in and say a caddy in golf. Uh, somebody, I can't remember exactly, was somebody trying to pump up the Oilers crowd during yeah, the Decade the, of Darkness. The
0: drum guy during the, the Decade the, the, of dr- Darkness. The drum darkness at, guy. At Rex Hall Place.
1: And uh, the one I like, the fifth on a curling rink. That was uh, That was original thinking, and I, so, and I think there's some other messages as well. Just go wherever you like, Kellen. we'll roll with it.
0: For sure. Uh, you know what? I'm going to grab a couple more off of the, uh, the conversation we were having before the news here, and I've got Jay that's texted in. says, just joined this conversation, so I don't know if this has been said, and it hasn't been said, but a bullpen catcher in the MLB oh. would be my choice.
1: <laughs> that's a good one. An, an important job, but who is this guy? <laughs> You're just catching pitchers who will probably go into the game in most cases, but uh, I just quickly Googled bullpen catcher. And the first thing that came up is what is the salary for a major league baseball bullpen catcher? Here, I'll just, what is this off of? It's off, it's off a betting website, of course. <laughs> uh, it says, Major League Baseball bullpen catchers make an average of $90,000 per year. Those salaries can vary from $30,000 to over one ten. dollars Although they're not technically a player, bullpen catchers are an essential part of the team working to warm up starting pitchers before games and relief pitchers before they enter for their outings. These are great suggestions so far. I, I didn't expect any of these. I never would have thought a bullpen catcher for sure that's a really good contribution
0: <laughs> yeah people are taking it serious today reed so
1: well as they should this show is after all about entertainment and education
0: infotainment i love it <laughs> uh roddy p texts in and says reed he doesn't think the guy that does laundry for pro sports teams gets oh, much love
1: geez. well okay <laughs> that's that's not just going outside the box that's going outside the hamper Did that make sense? I'm not sure. Spur of the moment. Yes,
0: for sure. Uh, I got a couple of texts here about the Mark Cordy uh, contract extension here, or new contract, sure. I guess. Uh, we got Mackerel texting in and says glad to hear Mark Cordy has been signed for three years. The Elks need to build some continuity and a new culture. As painful as the past few years have been, I think having players who were part of bad seasons now starting to win together will make for bright days ahead. Hopefully Cordy is snapping the ball to Ford for years to come.
1: Well, yeah, a lot of excitement with Ford, and uh, yeah, hopefully the Elks starting to to build some positive energy here, we talk a lot about knowing how to win. For the last, I, I mean, I, I've often gone back to the middle of 2019. You could almost go back to the middle of 2018. I mean, they they were doing well. They collapsed and missed the playoffs. They had a good first half of the season in 2019, a bad second half. Though they still got into the postseason, and then uh, no season in 20, uh, bad year in 21, bad year in 22. They they might not wind up. They, well, they probably won't have a nice looking record by the end of this season but you might have a little more hope and it's been interesting to me for me seeing you know the elks on social media posting some of the behind the scenes celebrations and the players in the dressing room after the game and and seeing a little bit more of that positive energy and and maybe a team that hopefully is starting to figure it out a little bit and start to think hey you know what we are good hey we don't have to lose every game we can come back you know, we can uh, get some wins. You know, if they can go into Saskatchewan and win on Friday, that's four and two with Ford as the quarterback. That's that's a pretty good winning percentage.
0: Mm-hmm. We've got one from the Wayner that's texted in, and he says, Mark Cordy has matured in his role. Congrats and continued success.
1: Yeah, I think he's an important part of the team. I, I, I really do. Um, and look, obviously, he's he's a friend of the show if you want to call him that he's been generous with his time over the years even going back to the u of a so he's he's a great guest for us but i i I think that yeah he uh he's one of the leaders uh, on the team and by the way the old line got a game ball after the game on saturday because they had over 200 yards rushing right so yeah that's fair Right
0: on Mystical Mickey Texting in and says You've heard it here first The Elks will blow out The riders on Friday
1: <laughs> Okay well We'll make a note Of that Mystical uh, Was it Mystical Mickey Or Mikey
0: Mis- Mystical Mickey Mystical is what I got
1: Mickey uh, All right Well that's not A Mickey Mouse comment I hope <laughs> uh, I, I feel like Elks fans Deserve a nice Easy blowout win Where you cruise To the finish line I'm not counting On that <laughs> however it's still like they're playing better i i I don't know if they're a a blowout capable team and is saskatchewan going to get blown out two games in a row they lost 51-6 on saturday i expect them to be quite ornery though i do think the elks can win i i do think the elks can win for sure i'd even make them a favorite in that game if i were doing the line which i'm not
0: right for sure uh flipping back to the previous conversation on least glamorous uh, uh, positions in pro sports uh cowtown bob says the equipment manager for a football team not glamorous
1: Uh, well there's not a lot of glamour for the equipment guys and the trainers and all that kind of stuff and i'll I'll defer to rob brown on this one because he tells some great stories about uh, the, the work that a lot of those guys do and and people have probably heard these stories you know a hockey team flies into a city you know maybe they've played in 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 Pittsburgh and then fly into you know Nashville Chicago for the next game and the players and the coaches go to the hotel and go to bed the equipment guys got to go to the to the rink and unpack everything and set up for the next day's practice or morning skate so yeah that is a that is not a glamorous job but very important and those people are, are really appreciated by the players for sure
0: mm-hmm. larry uh in, being a little cheeky on the text line tonight saying any position with the maple Leafs.
1: oh my goodness the well, smack well, well, you gotta got, 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 got get a little bit of leaf trolling in or you're not doing your job as an oilers fan yes
0: <laughs> uh got some Oilers text here too, Reed, if sure, you'd like. Yep. For sure. Uh Freddie texts you in and says, Hey Reed, I am so antsy for the Oilers season to start. I totally faked her one of the cup favorites. Which Pacific Division team do you think will give them the biggest challenge?
1: Well I, I probably a bit of an unoriginal answer, but I, I guess I would have to go with the two teams they, they played in the postseason last year. Vegas you know, had that one year out of the playoffs when they had a lot of injuries. We, we know what the attitude of their roster is. I, I you know, I've, I've said the Oilers uh, could have used some more miserable bastards. I don't know if I can keep saying that over and over again. They could have used some more miserable bastards against Vegas. Vegas just seems to play that way. They, they get on the ice and they just get angry and might do cheap things or cross the line every now and then. Uh, and, and as we know, they're they're willing to make trades or sign guys, all that kind of stuff. L.A., I think, will be good. They obviously made the, the, the significant trade with the Jets. Uh, I think McClellan's done a really good job coaching there the last couple of years. And I think – I'm going to make this statement. It might seem kind of weird, but remember, maybe remember that I said this, and if it comes to be true, then we'll talk about it. If it's not true, let's forget about it. I, I think that of all the teams in the NHL – the team that will most have the Oilers in their crosshairs are the LA Kings. And I know intuitively you might say, well, the Calgary Flames, because of the, the division rivalry, the BOA or or Vancouver's another Pacific Division team. Or or, or or you know, Vegas, because they know the Oilers are good. But I just think of all the teams that are sitting there right now and saying We hate the Edmonton Oilers, and we got to knock these guys off, and we're up for regular season games against these guys to try to make a statement. I think it's L.A. because of the last two playoff series. Edmonton has eliminated L.A. the last two years in a row. Like, flip the script. If the Oilers had been eliminated by the same team two years in a row, we'd be talking a lot about we got to beat that team and we hate that team. And McClellan said it uh, in his – I I don't know if it was his – it was one of his postseason availabilities. It was either right after the, the game they lost to Edmonton or it was when he did his you know garbage bag day interview. He said, we got to find a way to beat Edmonton. Like, if we can't beat Edmonton, we don't even get out of the division. And if we don't even get, like, you, forget about the Stanley Cup, if we can't even get past one team in our division. So I think that the Oilers are going to be a target when it comes to the Kings. And, and I think the Kings... I would guess when the schedule came out that they found those games against the Oilers before any others.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete in the puddle texted again tonight, asking about Dil- Dylan Holloway here. He says, I think Dylan Holloway will be a good third liner this season and eventually be a top six forward. He's big and will learn how to finish his chances around a net. I'm much less optimistic about Philip Broberg. Not really sure about what his identity is. He doesn't play mean, and his offense lags behind most of the others, Oilers' defense defensemen. That's from Pete in the puddle.
1: Um... Okay, I, look, I I I think Holloway, there's a lot of potential there. I, I think with Broberg, he's still pretty young. Um, you know, what he got to, I think, 46 or 48 games last year. I, I, I assume he'll play more than that this year. You know, the old saying is defensemen take longer to mature. I think we've got to remember that with Broberg. You know, Ken Holland was on with Bob yesterday and said, like, these guys are still pretty young, very early 20s. Uh, and, and the thing is, like the Oilers, obviously you want Broberg to be as good as possible, but they don't need Broberg to be a star. I mean, he can come along and, and be a support player. I, 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 to me, what that texture is saying is Philip Broberg doesn't have a defined strength, and, and that's a problem. Um, but having said that, if he's just like a solid all round player that is is reliable that's kind of what the Oilers need in that role so uh yeah I mean I I guess you you never know how a player is going to turn out until you see it um I I think it's a big year for Broberg like hopefully there's some signs of who he's going to be this year and he has more opportunity to demonstrate that but I to me I think I guess I would respond to that texture valid concern but to me, it's too early to take the analysis to that extent on Broberg. That's how I would reply to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Got- uh, I got a couple more, least desirable here to kind of wrap up that sure, conversation, let's Reed. Do it. For sure. Uh, Roy and Edmonton, again, uh, firing shots. is that time of season again. Uh, clearly, the starting center for the Calgary Flames, Roy in oh, Edmonton. So okay. there you go.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: And then I got an unknown one that had texted in and said the stable boy or assistant for a racehorse.
1: Oh, wow. I never would have thought of that either. Okay. Well, we got some good ones there. The uh, least glamorous position in pro sports. Thank you for your contributions at 780-496-0063. Hey, I want to remind you this portion of the show has been presented by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. We love the folks at Cougar Paint and Collision. And we'll visit for with uh, Tim Anger, the executive director of Football Alberta, when we get back. <laughs> For all the news and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30, Chad. All right, thanks for checking out the show tonight. If you missed it, Blue Jays lose ten nothing. My goodness, to the Texas Rangers. My goodness, not part of the scoreboard. That was my little addition. All right, we. Uh, oh, this is great. We're going to be visiting with this gentleman here throughout the uh, amateur football season. The Executive Director of Football Alberta. We welcome back to the show, Tim Anger. Tim, it's Reed. How are you doing?
2: i'm doing well i'm doing well sorry to hear about the blue jays but you know (laughs) life moves on
1: yeah that's a that was a tough one it's been a tough series so far hey uh thanks for popping on uh i love talking about all levels of sport and there is so so much great uh amateur football uh going on in the city and around the province um but i'm afraid i have to start with a bit of a tough story because i understand a feature game on the schedule this week won't be played what happened
2: well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we take great pride in our uh, ability to try and promote the high school level of the game, and uh, we always pick out a game of the week, one of the best ones across the province. Uh, last week, we picked a, a kind of a small school contest between uh, uh, Valley View and High Prairie that, uh, that that mattered just to them, but it was a very important game on the schedule. But um, but this week, we had uh, Cochrane and Holy Rosary uh, from Lloyd Minster going to be playing in a, in a an exhibition game, but, you know, in, in, in just in name, it was going to be a, it was going to be a Donnybrook. And we were really looking forward to that as a regular season, uh, uh, promotional game. And then, and then all of a sudden, there weren't enough reps. Uh, this happened to Cochrane last year. This, uh, they were supposed to play St. Francis in the exhibition game about the same time of year. And uh, we were all excited about that prospect. And it kind of went south because we just ran out of refs. and this has been a growing problem we've had, um, you know, in the, especially since COVID. Um, you know, a lot of people <laughs> unfortunately took stock of their lives during COVID, and decided what they needed and what didn't. They didn't need in their life, and we lost a lot of refs. And uh, we're slowly building it back up, but at the you know at, at certain points, we just can't meet the demand. And um, so the referees in the Calgary area and the Central Alberta refs who we tried as well are all committed to regular season games. So this game, unfortunately, has to go by the wow. wayside. And it's uh, it's a real shame because, you know, there's more to it than just playing a game. You know, Lloyd Minster had a bus book, had fans coming down and everything like that. And and there you go. So it's a shame.
1: Uh, well, as you probably know, uh, Holy Rosary, when I was living in Lloyd Minster, was playing on the Saskatchewan side in uh, nine-man football, which uh, was highly entertaining. But I'm glad to see them doing well on the Alberta side of things. But that... So... Uh, what it's seven refs in the CFL? How many refs do you? How many officials are there for a high school game? Is it seven or is there fewer?
2: It's actually five, and you can get you can get away with four if you if we want. We uh, I, I'm part of the Ardrossan, the mighty Ardrossan Bison and Coaching Staff with my son, and uh, we went up to St. Paul a couple weeks ago, and we played with four. Um, it's not ideal, but it can be done, and uh, so that just shows you how short we are. Uh, in the Calgary area, in particular, when we can't even find four refs to to do a very exciting game.
1: Okay, well, that's that's tough. Uh, I, I, I've done this story with with a variety of sports in my in my decade hosting the show too, and it's. I mean, we were talking about. Uh, team sport jobs that aren't glamorous and like refing's not glamorous and there might be uh abuse and (laughs) and uh you know maybe not a lot of pay if you're starting off young so how do you how do you recruit people like how do you get young men and women wanting to grab a whistle and and spend three hours on the football field
2: well well the sad part is is that uh, it's not there might be abuse there will be abuse and that's one of the things that we, we we're, we're trying, you know, to, to kind of get into the mindset of both players, coaches, and and fans alike, because you can't play without these guys. You know, you can be all big and bad on the sidelines and yelling and screaming at them, but if they go away, you don't get to play games anymore. And uh, you know, we've we've made a concerted effort to talk to uh, graduating players from the university and junior level, but also from the high school level. We, when we have our uh, senior ball tryout camps. We always have the officials come in and do a presentation um, because not everybody's going to get to play in the Senior Bowl. Of course, not everybody's going to be moving on to post-secondary either. So if you love the sport and you want to stay involved, that's where we go. And and like I say, I think we've done a really solid job of trying to build up the numbers uh, since COVID because we really did take a hit there. Uh, but it's at the same time, you do all this effort to get somebody to come out and uh and be a uh, be a stripe and then you got some yahoo in the stands who decides to vent their spleen on them on their their first game and a lot of people might just shrug and say well i don't need this so it's a double-edged approach we want to make sure that the officials are valued we want to make sure that they're educated as best we can you know a lot of people don't realize like uh, and we try to educate the coaches on this to be even an amateur official you have to take an exam every year sometimes two and you get graded and if you don't make the grade you don't you don't hit the field and uh for the coaches, they just have to take kind of a pretty pedestrian level one coaches course, and, and then they're free to, to to sprout their wings and take off. So it, it's, it's a bit of a grind, and it's, it's tough to convince people to do it. But those that do get involved – um, one of the things is that it's a real quick path to the CFL. When you think about it, you know, you might not have made it in your playing days, but there's a lot of people that are, that have moved up and are now doing, uh, the CFL games. You know, Rob Skaggs is a good example. Robbie Ellen from the Edmonton area. There's been a lot of, uh, refs from Edmonton. And sometimes we have to tell the CFL to kind of slow down, like right. <laughs> stop, stop taking our refs. Uh, but Tim, I'm just,
1: uh, I'm just going to jump in because we're into the last, uh, 90 seconds. It's like we're doing a two minute drill. Uh, because I want to touch on a local story. What, what is it? What is Harry Ainley's streak now? And is there anybody that has a chance to stop them this year?
2: Well, they haven't lost a regular season game in the Edmonton area um, for since 2018. They have usually have their, their annual tilt against Salisbury, which is the only program that's really given much of a push in, in that period of time. Uh, but, you know, Salisbury, by their own admission, is rebuilding this year. they still a strong program, but uh, they may not have the moxie to get through uh, Harry Ainley. But, uh, you know, there's a couple of programs that are really sharpening their, their, their act. Uh, uh, Bev Facey hung with Harry Ainley for a good, uh, you know, well into the third quarter last weekend before the inevitable happened. And uh, they're putting something together at Paul Kane too that's pretty special out in Saint Albert. So, so those are games that are you know well those have already been played but are are very interesting. And Harry Ainley kind of really encourages everybody to get better because they know at the end of the line they've got some Saint Francis and Raymond's waiting for them. And um, you know so so getting good good competition in the in the area is important to them.
1: All right, uh, Tim, let's keep doing this throughout the season so we can get uh, updates. I, I know there was probably more you wanted to touch on, but we'll do this again soon. Really appreciate your time, man. All the best.
2: All is good, Reid. Talk to you later.
1: Tim Anger, Executive Director for Football Alberta. That sucks. One of the best games in the province this weekend had to be uh, cancelled at the high school level because they didn't have enough uh, officials for the game. That is tough to hear. Okay, thanks to Dave Campbell, producer of the show, Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reid. See ya.